Welcome to the Color and Chaos Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Episode 109. We are just trucking along here at the Color and Chaos Podcast. And no matter what brings you here today, whether you came across this by accident or you were referred to this by a friend, no matter what brought you here, that you are here for a reason. And I'm so excited to see what the Lord does within your life and also in my life through today's podcast. And so whether you are jumping in on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, or even if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much for taking your time to be here today. I want to go over real quick what Color and Chaos is in case you are coming in for the first time and you're trying to figure out, okay, what is Color and Chaos and why is it all one word? I know that there's a tendency within me and within us as humans that whenever there's something difficult, a challenging moment or an unknown season, no matter what goes on in our life, the, the, the chaotic times of our life, there's this tendency within us that we want to do nothing else but run away from that which is causing us pain or hardship. And I know from experience in my life that there's just this knee-jerk reaction within me that whenever something kind of threatens my comfort or security or anything, I I just kind of want to, you know, push it away or run away from it or ignore it or numb myself from that pain or from that difficulty or from that trial, whatever it is. There just seems to be something within us as humans that we just want to run away from the chaos. But instead of running away from the chaos, I recognize that when I look back on my life and I look back on the the things that I remember the most and the things that have made me into who I am today, the, the man that is talking to you right now, when I look back on what made me who I am and, and the things that have grown me and not only grown me and my understanding of myself, but also my understanding of others and my understanding of my creator, savior, sustainer, when I look back on those things, it's ironic because the same things that I wanted to once run away from or numb myself or to push away or ignore those were the catalysts that the lord can use in order to produce a growth within us that could not have happened without those things and and i mean again i'm not trying to debate whether or not there could have been growth without that chaos but all to say that there is growth There is color that can come from chaos when instead of running away from the chaos, we choose to lean into the chaos, not leaning in through our own strength, our own wisdom, our own ability, but instead leaning in with a heart of surrender and humility and teachability, crying out to our creator, savior, sustainer, and knowing that, okay, Lord, I know that you can produce a color out of this chaos when instead of leaning on my own strength, I lean into you who can make me whole through this chaos and through this difficulty in my life right now. And so there is color in chaos. Heavy heart, there is color in the chaos that you are going through right now. Even if there doesn't seem to be a color, there is is a color when instead of trying to look at it through our own understanding, we lean into the one who makes us whole. So before we get into this episode, I'll be honored to pray for you. And again, thank you so much for being here. All right, here, let's pray. Lord God, just thank you so much for another opportunity to be able to talk, to be able to share what it is that you have put on my heart. Lord, I specifically pray right now for those that are listening or watching to this, Lord. You know them inside and out. You know their thoughts from afar. You know before there's even a word on their tongue, Lord, you know it. Lord, you know when they sit, when they rise. Lord, you know the things that they've been through. You know the different challenges that they are going through or have been through or will go through. Lord, you know us completely and you still choose to be present and and to be involved each and every day and each and every moment. Lord, there is no chaos that can push you away. 
Lord, help our hearts be responsive to you today. Lord, if there's any walls in, in, in my heart or in the heart of those that are listening or watching this towards you, Lord, I pray that you just, through your Holy Spirit, just work and just demolish those strongholds of the enemy and of darkness and of callousness. Lord, just help us just be able to be receptive and responsive to you today. And so, Lord, I just pray that you humble me, move me to the side and just speak through me. Lord, and I just pray right now for those that are listening or watching this, Lord, that they just sense an overwhelming sense of peace no matter what they are going through. Give them a calm right now for them to be able to be present for this moment regardless of what they're going through. We need you, Lord. We're nothing without you. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. Have you ever been going through something and you find yourself kind of at a crossroads of like, okay, I don't know if I should keep going through with this decision or this behavior or this, you know, whatever it is. I don't know if I should continue going forward with it or if I should stop, reevaluate where I'm at and where I'm going and make a decision of, okay, I might need to turn around and to get out of here because where I'm going may not be the best way to get to where I want to be. Have you ever had that moment? For me, I had that moment this last Saturday. I was invited to an event by some of my good friends, and it was a worship event, and it was out in a barn. That's all that I knew. I knew that there's this event. Uh, I was invited to it. It was going to start at 5 o'clock, and it was going to be out in a barn. And so where I'm at right here in Michigan, I'm about 20 miles north of Detroit, and so I'm kind of still within the city, and you can kind of be, you know, really quick within, you know, the urban context. But then I'm also just on the kind of the border of you can be in the middle of farmland, in the middle of just grass and, you know, cornfields and all that stuff. And so where the event was taking place was kind of more out in the farm area. So for me, I never went to this barn before. This is my first time going to this place. And so I was kind of familiar with where I was at. It wasn't like I was in this new environment. But I, I'm following the GPS, and it tells me to take a right. And I take a right, and before you know it, to my left, there's this, like, this old-timey house and like a, like a little bit of shed, and there's just like this cornfield. And I'm looking at my GPS. I'm like, oh, man, I, I guess this is the road that leads to the barn because I'm almost there. My GPS said I had about like five more minutes left. And so I check again, and the GPS, you know, tells me to keep going where I'm going. I'm going to put a little picture. I took a snapshot of what my GPS was telling me. As you see in this picture, if you're watching this podcast, it clearly tells me to go down what looks like a road. It, there is no indication that it wasn't. It even had a name. And so I'm traveling down this road, but all of a sudden before I know it, after I pass the house, it goes from gravel to grass, so I get off of pavement, I go to gravel, and then all of a sudden now I'm on grass and I'm going through this field and it's just this one lane like road or path and I can see where there's tires that have been on this grass before. So that kind of, you know, makes me feel a little better about where I'm at and okay, even though I'm feeling kind of weird about this, the GPS clearly tells me to keep going, and it says my destination is at the end of this road. So I'm going, and then, you know, as I'm going, it's kind of smooth at first, but then it starts to get a little more bumpy. And again, I'm on grass. I'm not on gravel or anything like that. So I'm thinking I'm in a sedan. I'm in a little four-door sedan, a Honda Accord, 
So this car isn't built for off-roading. And right now at this point, I'm off-roading. And I'm just going down and I find myself just kind of like at this pivotal moment of, okay, this does not look good. This does not look like somewhere that I want to be. And I don't think this is going to take me where I need to go. I keep looking forward though. And it, it still looks like it's, you know, a path. It doesn't have like, you know, an end uh, or like a, any like pothole or anything that I can see. So as I'm driving, I'm having these alarms go off in my head. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been going somewhere or doing something and you just get those little alarms that go off in your head of like, wait a minute, I don't know about this. You start to have doubts about, you know, where you're going and what you're doing. So I, I have those. I have these alarms going off and I start to slow down even more and I start to like, okay, wait a minute. I don't need to be here. I don't need to be here. But then I have that other side of me that's like, okay, Jonah, you've already went so far now. You might as well keep going. You might as well keep going. You know, it's going to be weird if you have to turn back around because then you're going to, you know, you're at least going to have a challenge going back around. But maybe if you go forward, it might be a lot easier than if you turn around at this point. And so I'm looking at the GPS. I'm halfway there at this point. And, you know, the sun's still setting and I'm just like, oh, man. So I feel the pressure. And before I know it, I finally get to this pothole and the pothole confirms what I was afraid of happening. I go into the pothole and then my tires start spinning. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been stuck? That was me. I was there stuck. And, and I'll, I'll show you the picture right here of what it looked like. I'm, I'm here again in the middle of a field. You can see it all around as the sun is starting to set. <sighs> that moment stinks. I don't know if you've ever been in a moment like that, but that moment stinks. When you're stuck and all those questions that you were having of like, oh, I don't know if I should turn around or I should keep going or whatever. It doesn't matter at that point because you're stuck. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> you're going to be there for a while. And so I immediately call up uh, the friend that, that invited me to this event and I call him. Actually, I FaceTime him. I, I FaceTime him. So we're video chatting. I'm like, bro, like I'm stuck. The GPS took me down this weird way and now I can't get to where y'all are at. And we're kind of laughing of just like the shock of like, how did this happen? And I tell him like, man, I, I think I'm going to need to get pulled out because like, I, I don't know if I can get out of here. And he's like, okay, well, send me your location. I send him my location and and I'm there. I'm there. And, and I don't know, in that moment, I was just thinking, you know, I know that this has happened to so many people. There's so many times in our life that we are going, we are going, and we might have those alarms going off in our head, but then we push it aside or we suppress it. We might have those questions come up. We might start to have um, fears or worries or anxieties, or we start to have all these things that come up, and, and sometimes we feed different areas of it, but we don't really address the root of the issue. The root of my issue is that, okay, this road does not look like a road, and I need to turn around in order for me not to get stuck. And that was the root of the problem. And going forward probably wasn't the wisest idea because if I was already experiencing the issues going down the road, then I needed to really stop and evaluate, okay, what am I doing and where am I going? No matter who you are, there's times in life where we just simply bottom out. In that moment, I was bottomed out. 
My, my car was completely submerged in the ground, and there was no way that I was going to be able to get out of there unless something happened or something changed, or I had a variable outside of myself in order to help get me out of that funk that I was in, that, that, that moment that I'm just stuck. If anything, this is a year of global bottoming out. I mean, just think about that. From the pandemic to the protest to the injustices to even the chaos maybe within your own heart, within your own home, to death, to sickness, to all these things going on. This is the year of just like reaching that bottom, hitting that ground and being like, look, I don't know what is happening, but I don't know if going the way that I've been going is is going to really produce the results that I desire to produce I need something outside of myself in order to get me out of this funk, to get me out of this hurt or this brokenness or this heartbreak that I don't know what's going on. There's so many unknown variables and my life can easily change in a moment as it has many, many times throughout this year. But I'm at this moment where I'm just saying, okay, I'm bottomed out and what's next? What do I do? What stands out to me in the moments where we just bottom out is that it honestly doesn't matter how you got there you're there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter what got you there. You're there. When I call a friend, when my car's stuck in a ditch, I really don't want to spend all the time on the phone call telling how I got in that place. I just want to know if that friend can help me out. I want to know, is there a solution to where I'm at or am I stuck? It doesn't matter how you bottom out. The reality is, is that when we bottom out, we do. And sometimes that's the first step in getting out of that rut, of getting out of that funk. And I don't know about you, if, if maybe even right now you're feeling like, you know what, if I could describe where I'm at right now within this year, within this month, within this day, within this moment, I, I would say that, yeah, I, I can relate with that feeling of bottoming out. We, we can talk day and night about why you feel like you're bottomed out right now why you feel depleted, why you feel empty, why you feel like you're in a wreck. Maybe there's relationships or personal decisions or things that have happened to you that that has just all accumulated into this moment where you're just like, okay, I don't know what else is left. No matter what brought you there, we're not gonna really focus on that. We're gonna talk about, okay, you're here now. What can we do? There's a passage in the Bible. It's Matthew chapter 21. And I wanted to specifically look at verse 28. And the whole context of what I'm about to read right here is that Jesus is teaching and leading and healing, and he has the religious leaders of his time kind of approach him and start to question, start to challenge, okay, what gives you the authority to do what you are doing right here, right now? Jesus replies to them with this, and this is Matthew 21, verse 28. He says this, what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the other boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, no, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went away. Then the father told the other son, you go. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two obeyed his father? They replied, the first. Then Jesus explained his meaning. I tell you the truth, corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. Corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. I don't know about you, but when I read passages like this, it kind of makes me pause and start to think, okay, 
why? <laughs> you know? It's so easy just to skim over passages in the Bible and be like, oh, okay, well, he said that. Okay, that is what it is. But no, why? Why is it that what Jesus is saying, that tax collectors and prostitutes will make it into the kingdom of God quicker than these leaders, these religious leaders? Why is it? As I'm thinking about that, I'm just reminded of that feeling I had when I'm stuck in the ditch. And I know if you've been in one of those moments where you, you're just, okay, you know, I made a mistake or I've done something that, you know, I shouldn't have. And now I'm stuck here in this moment and I, I don't really know what to do. I don't know where to go. If you've ever been stuck, then you know that feeling, that kind of like that pit in your heart of just like, oh, you know, I relied on myself and myself got me here. You know, or maybe if you're like me, you'll start to blame other things. You know, I blamed the GPS. I blamed, you know, the fact of, okay, why did I even have to go to this event out in the middle of nowhere? I started to, you know, reach for all these other reasons of why I was where I was instead of just addressing the reality. Okay, I am stuck. I've bottomed out. And and I just start to reach for all these different things. But at the end of the day, there's that, that still that pit that I feel. It doesn't change my predicament. It doesn't change where I'm at. And I can either wallow in that or do something about it. What's interesting is that that feeling that you've had or that I've had when we're stuck or we bottomed out or we made a mistake, that's very telling of what Jesus is talking about right here. Because those tax collectors and those prostitutes, the reason why they would be quicker to realize the error of their ways and repent and to be able to enter into the kingdom of God is because they bottomed out. Think about this. In that moment where I'm stuck in a ditch, why would I fight help? It doesn't make sense. I, I've, I've kind of lost everything at that point. My car isn't going anywhere. If, if, if my friend called me back, he said, hey, we're going to get a tow truck and try to get you out. Why would I fight that? What would be the point of fighting that? If I want to get out of where I'm at, then I have to have a moment of humility where I have to swallow my pride, have to swallow all the arrogance that I may have in that moment of saying, okay, no, no, this is what needs to be done. I need to let all that go because I have to realize, okay, <laughs> that didn't really serve me well because if it did, then for one, I wouldn't be in this position. And for two, that, okay, I need help. I need to acknowledge the fact that like, look, I've bottomed out. So tax collectors and prostitutes and, you know, when, when we as people, when we bottom out, it's so easier to look up and to cry out, raise your hand, say, I've bottomed out. I've messed up. I've made a mistake. I need help. I need help. I need help. It's so easy when everything's going well and the car is driving smoothly to refuse the help that's offered. But when you hit that ditch, when you bottom out, why? Why fight anymore? And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, look, right now, you, you think you have it all. You think you have it all together. But I'll tell you what, the people that you push away, the people that you think are less than you, they're going to get it quicker than you will because they will realize that at the end of the day that their own hands, their own ability, their own wisdom, their own strength cannot 
cannot produce the life that they feel like it can. Our own hands cannot produce the salvation, the freedom that our hearts cry out for. That our own strength, our own wisdom will fail us. The strength of others, the, the, the wisdom of others at the end of the day will fail us. But in that moment of just bottoming out, you realize, Lord, I need you. When you've lost it all, what else do you have to lose? Why fight the hands that are offering help in that moment? But when we have it all together, when we feel like we have everything under control, when things are going good, then we start to resort on our own wisdom, our own strength, our own ability, and we push away the hands that are saying, no, no, let me help you. The Bible says that we are all born basically bottomed out, that we are born into our sin. We are born into death. The wages of sin is death. We are all born dead. We're almost born stillborn, if you want to picture it that way. There's no life in us. We have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we're born into this world dead, but Christ on the cross took that death. He took your sin, my sin, your mistakes, my mistakes, everything that gets us to those bottom out moments. He took it all. He took responsibility for it all. In the moments when we're blaming everybody else but ourselves, Christ felt that. He took that on. He said, look, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. If you want to blame me for you being where you are, if you want to blame me for you being where you are, that is fine. I will take that hurt, that pain. I'll take it all. On the cross, he took it all. Christ himself, who knew no sin, became sin for you and for me. He bottomed out in order for us not to have to any longer. The wages of sin is death, and he took all of the sin, all of the death. Yet three days later, he rose again. He overcame that sin and that death so that we can also overcome that sin and that death. But the problem is, is that when we are living comfortably and when we have it all together and we are trusting in our own efforts and our own security, our own comfort, and we're pushing away all the things that threaten that comfort, that security, that, 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 you know, peace, whatever it is, when we're pushing away all the hands, especially the hand from our creator reaching out to us saying, look, I want to know you and I want for you to know me and you won't know me unless you surrender to my son. You know, we push away that hand, but when we bottom out, that's such a beautiful moment, such a beautiful moment for us to acknowledge, wait, no, I, I need that hand. I need you. Sometimes we as humans have this tendency to accept help when we're bottomed out, but yet when we get out of it and we start driving again, we get back on our own we will start to reject the same hand that once helped us. We start to say, okay, I got it now. I don't need you anymore. You know, that'll be the equivalent of me calling up my friend and saying, hey man, can you help me out? He helps me out. He gets me out of the ditch. And then me saying, hey, yo, bump it. I don't need you anymore. I don't want to know you. You know, just go your own way and I'll go mine. And we treat our creator, savior, and sustainer the exact same way. We look at Jesus and we say, you know what? All right, cool. You know, you were good for a season. You were good for a time. 
But you know what? That whole Lord thing and, you know, you being my king and you being my leader and you being my God, you know, oh, I don't need any of that. You know, uh, you know, religion isn't for me anyway. You know, thank you for the help. Thank you for the crutch. Thank you for all of that. But I don't need to follow after you. I don't need to, you know, be hand in hand with you. You know, I don't I don't need any of that. You know, how crazy it is that we as humans are like that. So selfish. This is such a reminder that we as people, we are in need of a savior. That on our own, we are just selfish and self-centered. But when we have been forgiven much, we look at the one who has forgiven us and we say, you know what? I can't give you anything that you don't already have. But what I can do is surrender to you that all I am is yours. I remember June 2011, I had a moment where that happened. I bottomed out. I realized that on my own, I had nothing left. And in the bottom of my floor of my room, on my knees, I finally say, Jesus, if you can do something with my life, you can have it. It's interesting. After I got out of that ditch, after I got out of that ditch, I, I went to the event. I went to the worship event. And as we're worshiping and, and, and singing and, and praying together, I'm just thinking, Lord, about an hour ago, I was in a ditch. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that I'm not there anymore. God, thank you. The, the, the worship was sweet when I realized where I'd been. It was so sweet. Guys, don't miss that. What Jesus is saying to these religious leaders, he's saying, look, the worship, the, 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 the surrender of the tax collectors and the prostitutes will be genuine because they know where they've been. But when you think you have it all together, you have no idea where you're going. It's like, it's like driving like me in that grass field, still believing that you can make it out to the other side when you can't and you won't then maybe you haven't hit that pothole yet, but you will. And one of the greatest deceptions of this life is that we have an enemy. John 10, 10, the thief comes to still kill and destroy. We have an enemy that wants to still kill and destroy and he will deceive you and me to believing a lie that we can do this, that we have it all together, that we are in control. But at the end of the day, we are not in control. You might be driving that car, but you're under the mercy of the ground that you're traveling on. And the Bible says that the ground that we're traveling on, this life is broken and we are dead. <laughs> you know, we can trust in ourselves driving, but at the end of the day, you're at the mercy of the road that you're traveling on. And we are on a one-way ticket to death and separation from God from our own sin. But the only solution is stopping the car and throwing up our hands saying, Lord, I'm done. I'm done. Only you have the way to eternal life. Only you have the way to life. And Lord, I'm done. I'm realizing that I'm dead. And Lord, I am, I'm asking to be born again. I don't want to just, you know, go through life, going through the motions. But I want to go through life having you leading me. You are life, and I recognize that my sin makes me dead. So, Lord, I'm calling upon your name, Jesus. You are the only way that I can have life, I have life abundantly. 
Through you, Lord, it's the only way that I can be forgiven through all of my mistakes, through all of my failures. Lord, you are the only one that can forgive. So Lord, I'm calling upon you. I'm done. I'm handing the keys over. If anything, this was your this was your car from the beginning, but I was that arrogant child that thought I had it all together. Those corrupt tax collectors and the prostitute, what separates them from the religious leaders and to the point that Jesus said, look, they will enter the kingdom of God before you do. What separates them is that they realize that they have nothing on their own. They're bottomed out and they cry upon the only name that can save. Their pride and their arrogance, all of that just falls. You have nothing to hold on to when you have nothing left. And heavy heart I don't think it takes a pandemic or injustice for us to cry out to our creator, savior, sustainer, and say, you know what? I can't do this. Lord, my life is yours. It shouldn't take that. It should take just waking up in the morning. But by the grace of God, he allows those hardships. He allows those chaoses. Because sometimes our heart can be so hardened towards him that it takes those bottom out moments for us to cry out and say, look, I, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I can't do this. I can't do this. And when I have nothing left, Lord, your promises are so much more appealing because <laughs> I recognize my need. I recognize my need. I had a moment when I was there in the ditch that... I could ignore the pothole that I once was in and keep going forward. Or I can face all that awkwardness and go back. Eventually, I, I, I realized that if I put it in drive, I'll go forward a little bit. But then if I put it in reverse, I'll go back. And after just doing this, again, I had nothing left. I was, I was desperate. You know, why not try something, you know? And so in my desperation, I tried out going forward and going back, going forward, going back. And what I discovered is I started going a little farther than I was previously. And so I started realizing, okay, by the grace of God, I'm not in mud. So I can get out of this if I keep going forward and back, forward and back, forward and back. Before you know it, I'm out of that ditch. And I step out of my car and I look at the ditch that I was once was in. And it's so weird. Again, we as humans are crazy. I look at that ditch and the first thought that I have is like, huh. That wasn't that bad. Like, I, I failed to realize I was stuck. Yes, it's that bad. I was stuck. And, and, and it's so crazy. I'm just being vulnerable with you guys. Like, I had the thought, okay, maybe I can get over this ditch and keep going forward. And that would avoid that whole awkwardness of driving backwards through this field and dodging all those potholes that I made it through. Then maybe I can keep going forward. But then I had a thought, okay, that sounds good until I realized, okay, not only may I get stuck again in the same spot, which would be even more embarrassing, but I, if this is a pothole right here, I'm pretty sure that there's going to be potholes down the road. See, in that moment, I had a decision that, okay, I can either go forward down the same road that I was traveling or I can face that awkwardness and go back. And likewise, we as humans, when we have those bottom out moments, sometimes we get out of those bottom out moments 
And in our arrogance, we say, okay, God, uh, I don't need it anymore. I'm just going to keep going. That, that's just as stupid as me going forward right after I got out of this, that ditch that's right in front of me now. Of saying, okay, you know, uh, it wasn't that bad. You know, we play so many stupid games as humans. So many stupid games. And a heavy heart, if that's you, look, we're in this together. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. And, and what's really interesting is that when I met up with my friends that at this point were driving out to help me, when, when I finally got to them, they said, hey, hey, Joan, I'm so glad I found you. We went down the opposite way looking for you. And there's a big crater at the very end of the road. And we were just like, oh, no, hopefully Jonah's not continue going down. So we're like, that's why we drove around to try to help get to you before you got to that point. I would have wrecked my car. I could have even harmed myself. Big crater. I would have got stuck even worse than where I was previously. And, and it's the same thing when it comes to our walk with our creator, savior, sustainer. The beauty about repentance is that we don't keep going down the road that we were, but we stop, we pivot backwards, and we fall into the only arms that can save us. Those corrupt tax collectors and the prostitute did exactly that. They said, look, this road got me here. I have nothing left. Lord, if you can do something with my life, you can have it. You can have it. Heavy heart. No matter what you are going through, it's not too late to turn around. If you have breath in your lungs, if you're going through a hardship, a heartbreak, a hurt, and you've been trying to do this all on your own, heavy heart, rest easy, not in yourself, but through surrender to the only one that can save. At the end of the day, our GPSs, our guides, what we trust in can lead us straight to the pit. But there is one guide, there is one leader that will not. But it takes faith and surrender in order for us to trust fall into that and stop leaning on our own wisdom, our own understanding. And that person is Jesus. <laughs> my wisdom, my knowledge, my GPS led my car to a ditch. And you may be feeling right now, you know what? My life's in shambles. God, where were you when this happened or that happened? I don't know the answer to that. But what I do know is that time and time again in the Bible and also in my own life, I can see how the Lord can use chaos in order for beauty to come from it, in order for there to be growth, in order for there to be experience, in order for there to be ministry, in order for there to be healing, in order for there to be life. On the cross, as Jesus bled and he died, all hope seemed to be lost. And right now, heavy heart, all hope in your life might seem to be lost. But we cannot fully understand the, the redemption that is possible of a life in the hands of our creator, savior, sustainer. Jesus took a hopeless situation and produced hope from it. Jesus took our depravity and produced 
life from it. Our God is a God of restoration and redemption. And I don't know, I don't know what you've been through and I can't imagine the pain. But I know time and time again, our God is a God of redemption and he can restore what the enemy has taken, what the enemy has destroyed within you and within me. But that can only come through surrender and and heart of humility saying, Lord, I am not, but you are. And I look to you to fill me with your fullness and what I feel like I lack today. Heavy heart, this is not the end. This is not the end. This is not the end. What a beautiful story of redemption that the Lord wants to do within you and within me. But may we not fight him. May we surrender. May we throw up our hands, say, Lord, I am yours. I am not, but you are. You are. May we not just get to those bottom out moments before we do that, but may we do it today before it's too late. There's going to be a day when my breath stops and my heartbeat stops. At that point, it's done. It's humbling when I think about what could have happened if I kept going forward and I didn't turn around. And likewise, I think often of just where I would be right now if it wasn't for that moment where I bottomed out June 2011 in my room. I said, Jesus, take my life. I am done. And I no longer looked at Jesus as a crutch or just a concept, but I looked at him as my savior and my God, my Lord. And I think about where I'm at today and all of the different opportunities, all the different, you know, blessings and gifts and experiences and heartbreaks, all the things that I've walked through since June 2011. And there's such a freedom and a peace when I realize, Lord, all that I have is yours. In that moment, I said, Lord, if you could do something in my life, you can have it. Lord, my life is yours. Like, what what can happen? What can happen? What can happen now? Lord, I'm yours. Like, I'm free. I'm free. Like, all of this is yours. Lord, my life is an offering to you. So whatever you want to do, it's yours. And Lord, you promise that you are surely with us to the end of time. And Lord, you've proven that over and over and over again. <laughs> Almost every episode I talk about it, guys, I, I, I've journaled ever since I've asked Jesus to be Lord of my life. Right now, I'm on the 34th journal. G- guys, I could flip through these pages of all that the Lord has done. His faithfulness when I've been unfaithful. His provision when I've had nothing. His forgiveness when I've held on to bitterness and I've held on to pain. May we not waste our life. There is a life full of color, but it won't be found in our own strength, our own ability. May we not waste our life. Heavy heart, you are not alone. You are not alone. As we end this episode, there's a song that came to my mind. It's by a band named Courier, and the name of the song was Cathedrals of Color. 
And there's this, this line that stands out to me after he's acknowledging, look, I'm, I'm bottomed out. Like I've, I've seen so much. I've been so many places. And, and I need more. But he has this moment where he cries out. He says, I just don't want to waste my life. I don't want to waste my life. Heavy heart, may we not waste our lives. Life is not just a constant state of bottoming out. There's a joy and a peace that comes through a life surrendered to Jesus. May we experience that through a heart of humility and inviting the Lord into each and every pothole, each and every crevice. Lord, when we have nothing left, we have everything to gain through you. Heavy heart, may we look to him to be the cathedral of color that our heart longs for today.
smile.